Okay, we as a church, um, for those of you who haven't been around, we've been looking at the theme of knowing Jesus uh, for the last couple of months, actually. If you look over there on the wall, that's our, our sort of vision for the year. That's what we're going to be doing as a church. And if you are new to church, you might think, well, of course you're doing that, aren't you? Isn't that what your churches always do? But we want to spend time this year getting to really know Jesus, to love him more, to follow him more closely, and to learn how to share him more naturally with the people around us. And so we've been looking at knowing Jesus. And today I want to look at, as it's a dedication service, knowing Jesus like a child and what that means. And that's a challenge for each of us, to know Jesus like a child. Because you know what? If you're new to church, you might come in and think, oh, it's all a bit weird, the whole church thing. And the Bible's so complicated, and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't, don't have the ability to comprehend something like God. And the good news is no one does. No one can comprehend God. We spend our lives trying to understand a bit more. But we're going to find out in a while that Jesus actually said, to people who, when, when Jesus was on the earth, when people were around him, he said, you need to understand me like a child understands me. You need a childlike faith. Don't stress out about knowing, you know, having so much theological knowledge. You need to know me like a child. And today we're going to look at what that means. When Jesus says, know me like a child, what does he actually mean? I've got a story for you about um, my girls. Um, with Aria, there was a time when she was learning a bit later than some of her friends, to be fair, to jump off these steps. Just to go on this one here and have the courage to move. She would just like shake for a while. She'd almost, almost, and then she'd do it and she'd be over the moon and do it. And, grad and very quickly, she thought she could get to the top, maybe jump from here in that direction, which scared the life out of me. I'm a helicopter dad. I thought I'd be a very brave dad. Seriously, if I could dive around with cotton wool balls to catch her in everything, I would. But um, she would learn to do it and I would get close and I would give her the courage to jump off and I'd catch her a few times. And then, then what would happen is that she would have the courage to go on her own. We last year were swimming... Um, a hotel in Amsterdam, of all places. Uh, Nikki was at a conference. I'd gone over to look after the girls. And um, Aria was, she, she's okay in the water, but she was learning about jumping in and going under and being confident with that. So here's a little video. This is the, the one with the sound, Tom, okay? Here we go. Okay, now I'm going to show you that again. She's, I mean, she talks through everything. She analyzes everything. I'm just a bit nervous at the moment, but I know I can do it. But there's, there's this moment right at the very beginning, and I'll show it to you again, where she says, come closer. And that's a really key thing in this. So I'm going to go back. Can we go back too, please, Drew? That'd be okay. So listen again as she says, come closer. Okay, can you press, can you start it for me, mate? You can do it. You can do it. I'll take a big breath. Big breath. Hold. Hang on. Do it. I'm just a bit nervous for a moment. Come on. I know I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Do it. Yay. Well done. There we go. And what happens is once you, you give them the courage 
that they can do it, then you have to be watching all the time because they do it whether you're there or not. And now that Saren knows it's safe to jump off the bed or dive off the bed and I'll always catch her, she goes at any time. Um, so, I, you know, it's really good that, that that dad being close to enable the catch gives her the confidence to go on her own. And that's what life with Jesus is about. Let's look at a little look at a passage in the, the book of Mark. So there were four books that were written about Jesus' life by four different writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so this is Mark's version of Jesus' time on earth. And this is what he wrote about one particular time. So Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So the culture was that a rabbi, and Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, a rabbi, if you, uh, you, you wanted to get a rabbi to lay hands on the children, and to bestow a blessing upon them. That would have been the sort of language that we would translate it to. And there's loads of people jostling to be around Jesus. The disciples, his close followers, are there. They see all these people jostling, trying to get the kids to him, and they're thinking the kids aren't important. We haven't got time for the kids. Take, don't bother Jesus with the children. And Jesus is not happy. It says he rebuked them. He, he told his disciples off, what are you doing, guys? What are you doing? The kingdom of heaven belongs to people like this. You need to understand your faith journey like they get it. Otherwise, you're never even going to get in. And he called them over and he didn't just lay his hands on them and bless them, but he picked them up onto his knee, gave them a hug. I love Jesus. He's awesome. And you may think of this whole thing as a religion. And people sometimes say, oh, I'm not religious like you. And I'm, seriously, I'm not a religious person. I'm a person who has a faith in Jesus. And I love Jesus passionately. And he's not a God who reaches down to me to just stick his hand on my head from a distance. He wants to pick me up and to embrace me. And if you feel like you need that embrace today, then that's what Jesus is all about. And it's not the only time that Jesus mentions this kind of thing. There's another book, Matthew, written by one of the other four, when his disciples are jostling for positions. So his disciples just don't get it. He's come to serve them and to show them what service looks like. And they witness some of that. And then they say, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? Am I better than that one? When we're in heaven, which of the disciples are you going to really say, he's my main man, he's sitting at my right-hand side? And Jesus says to them this, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a good passage to be talking on, a good couple of passages to be talking on, on a dedication Sunday, I think. And I've spoken before on things like this. I've spoken on, the, on what it means to have a, a childlike faith as opposed to a childish faith. Dr. Google. Dr. Google is a very good friend of mine. Don't look up Dr. Google if you have any kind of symptoms for anything. But Dr. Google says this, childish has negative connotations and is often used to refer to silly or immature behaviour. We're not called to have a childish faith. We're called to have a childlike faith. And again, it says, having the good qualities such as innocence associated with a child. Childlike is closer to words like innocent, trusting, lacking cynicism, and pure. These are not negative. Is your journey with Jesus innocent? Is it trusting? Is it lacking cynicism? Is it pure? That's a challenge to each of us and we could spend a day on each of those. 
looking in our, in our hearts and in our lives because I can't do this work for you. I can just throw out some ideas. And today, as I'm looking at these three beautiful boys that we've just dedicated, I was thinking about those words. Having a faith that is innocent, trusting, lacking cynicism and pure. And I looked at the boys, and I, in, before I got here, I was thinking about the boys and praying about the boys, and I thought, that's great, but that actually isn't enough. That's not the whole picture. I hope and pray that they do have an innocent, trusting, pure, cynicism-free relationship with Jesus, but that all seems a bit too cute for me when I was looking into this. And I think that childlike faith isn't cute at all. And so I want to sort of add to the understanding that Google gave us there. And Nikki was speaking last week about a venture into the unknown. And I'd like to suggest some of these things. That childlike faith is audacious and not timid. It's crazy and not sane. It's all in, not holding back. It's risk-taking, not safe. It's world-changing, not settled comfortably in the land of cynicism, saying it will never happen. How's your faith this morning? Maybe you haven't even started a faith adventure with Jesus. Today would be a brilliant day to do it. But maybe you've known Jesus for years and you would be more on the right-hand side. You love Jesus, but to be honest, you're you're a bit timid. It's a bit sane. You're held back. You're nice and safe. You're nice and comfortable. We're being called to have a childlike faith this morning. So my first challenge today is if you don't yet know Jesus or your faith adventure is really timid, really sane, really held back, it's really safe and it's really settled, maybe it's time to know him like a child again. You probably all know the trust game. Drew, you're let off the hook, mate. I'm not going to do it, okay? I asked Drew if he'd help me. Do you remember that trust game where um, you have somebody who just sort of stands with their arms out like this and then you ask them to fall back and you stand behind them and catch them? Everyone know that one? You all seen that? Yeah. Um, The thing about that game is that once there is a level of trust, once you have faith in the person behind you, you start to take bigger and bigger risks. And we've seen it, that once you drop a few, you're awkward the first time, and then once you've done it a few times, you get more and more confident with it, to a point where probably, if you had a few people there who were going to catch me with their arms out, I could stand here and just lean back off the platform. I wouldn't want to do it straight away, but once I have a little bit of faith built up, I'm like, no, no, you have got me. You're not going to let me go. Let's do this then we have faith to do it. Maybe somebody would like to demonstrate it now. They'd like to come up here with a blindfold stand on the front with their hands behind their back and just fall forward. (laughs) We won't let you smash your nose. We're not going to do it though because probably our insurance doesn't cover it in case somebody, (laughs) just in case there was a fumble. I mean, there can always be a fumble, can't there? Um, So we won't do it. But when you do faith games like that, those trust games, what it shows is that high faith leads to high risk. When, when our faith is high, we, we will risk more. And maybe our lives with Jesus are a bit too comfortable and a bit too safe. Maybe we don't have enough faith that he is who he says he is, that he loves us regardless, that he'll always be there, he'll always catch us, he'll always hold us, that he has a plan and a purpose for us. If we believe that stuff, if we believe that if we give to others... He will not leave us lacking. And I'm not saying it's a slot machine. Give £100 there, God will give you 120 there. I'm not saying that. But if we live generous lives, it's amazing how we find that God blesses us in so many incredible ways. 
He's true to his promises, but sometimes we can be so comfortable, we can be so timid and safe in our faith. And he is calling us to go on a faith adventure. I think Jesus wants to give us two questions today. How are you doing? Are you okay? Good, good, good. I'm loving it. I hope you are. Um, we've done that one. Two little um, invitations from Jesus today. And the first is, come fly with me. Come fly with me. Do you want to come sing it, Effa? You'd be good at that one. Come fly, let's fly away. <laughs> or there was a TV program, but I didn't watch that one. So we'll just go with the song. Um, <laughs> come fly with me. No, it's just that when I Googled Come Fly With Me for images, I suddenly saw, oh yeah, they did a, a, a film about that, didn't they? A little TV show. I didn't watch it and I'm not going to, but Come Fly With Me is the invitation that is being given today. Um, God wants us to go on a faith adventure with him, building on what Nikki said last week. And I always remember when I was training to be a PE teacher, we had to go on an out of bounds course um, so that we could teach outdoor and adventurous activities. Um, crazy. Send me on a course for a week, let me have a good time, and then suddenly I'm allowed to teach everyone else how to do it. But anyway, we went away, and at the time we thought we were quite cool because we all had the uh, rugby shirts that um, everybody on the PE course wore with nicknames on the back. We were cool, weren't we? And uh, mine was Adrenaline, so Adrenaline Pete, and uh, I, was, I was up for everything. Come on, we can do this, let's have some fun. And so we went potholing one day. I've never been potholing. I think I may have told some of you this story before, and it's so grim. We went potholing, and I didn't like it much. But anyway, I'm Adrenaline Pete. They're like, you go. I'm like, yes, let's do it. So with my little light on my forehead, in we go towards these caves. And you're going, getting in there and in there. And then suddenly it's getting lower. And then it's getting lower. And you're starting to commando your way in. And suddenly the, um, you feel on the back of your rucksack, you feel the, the top of the cave above you. And you're like, oh, man. And it's getting more and more snug. And you're going through. And it was gross, to be honest. A horrible feeling claustrophobic people here are now thinking, please stop the story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just think about other things. Think about the eagle from the slide before. Um, come fly with me. But anyway, here I am <clears throat> in this confined space thinking, I can't turn around now. There is no turning. <laughs> There's no shadow of turning with thee. I'm just going, going in and uh, getting tighter and tighter. I think, how much further can this go before I'm just jammed? And hopefully the people behind can all just grab a, you know, everyone in a chain could grab a foot and we could all go back together. Anyway, what happened then is that suddenly it opened up and we came through into this large space. And we felt, oh, thank goodness we have been through that bit. But this space was pitch black, pitch black. Seriously, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. But there was an instructor who then turned on their torch and said, come over here, but don't come past me because I am at a sheer drop. So, okay. <laughs> so we're just walking towards this guy and you can see the edge. You know, let's say it's here. The instructor's here, I'm here. We come to the front and he said, right, now what we're going to do is you need to abseil down there. Like, great. Okay, cool. Um, so you're first then. I'm like, yep, great. So they harness me up and I, I get clipped on. I come to the edge of this pitch black thing. Oh, and uh, to be honest, his, now this is crazy. This is why it wasn't a safe course. We've never abseiled before. They haven't taught us how to abseil down a wall. I'm in, a, I'm in the middle of a cliff. All I've seen on TV is you're supposed to lean back. <laughs> you know, don't just jump off like that because it's not going to go well. So I just knew I had to lean back. I'm like, okay, let's do it. A bit like Drew would have been in the faith game. Trusting in the ropes, trusting in people who are supporting me, but going on a faith adventure. Because you know what? There was one person who said, I'm not, I can't do it. I'm going to stay at the back. But we, 
I experienced the grossness of the cave, fair enough, but then I experienced being in the wide open space. Then I had the experience of abseiling in the pitch black down a sort of a, a waterfally thing, which was incredible. And then at the bottom, there was a, a stream we found and we found our way, we just had to work our way out of the cave. It was an amazing adventure. It was a bonding adventure. We, we could speak about it for the rest of the year. It was incredible. And yet we could have missed it if we didn't want to go for the high risk, high faith version of the life that was in front of us. We are made to fly the nest, not to sit safely in the nest. This verse here, and this is from the Old Testament before Jesus was born. It says this, and the bits in brackets are from a particular Bible translation called the Amplified, which just helps us to see a bit more. They that wait on or for the Lord, who expect, who look for and hope in him, will soar like eagles. We are made to soar, not to sit in a comfy nest. Are you expecting Jesus to do something in your life this week? Are you looking for it? Are you hoping in him? If you don't know Jesus at all, and this is your first time, Jesus has got such amazing things for you. And I hope that one day you'll see it and you'll choose it. But there's no pressure from this end. He's called us to soar like eagles. And he's also called us for a life of living in between trapezes. And this is a really clear picture that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. You see, there are stages in going on a trapeze journey in doing what that person up there is doing. The first stage is that you have to leave the ground and climb the tower. The second stage is that you have to jump with a trapeze in your hand. And then the third stage is that you have to let go of the first one to catch hold of something else. Maybe that's another trapeze coming towards you. Maybe it's a person hanging upside down ready to grab you. But stage three is let go of the known to jump into the new. I think many people on their faith adventure are happy to leave the ground and climb the tower. And then you get to the trapeze area, you're holding on, you're like, Lord, I know you're calling me to come on this faith journey. I want to, oh, I just can't get my legs to do it. Like Aria jumping into a swimming pool. Ah, just, okay, I'm just gonna take a breath. I know I can do it. Come on, got the trapeze. And some of you just are in this position. That's fine. You're not on the floor, are you? You're up here. You're trying your best. Today, Jesus is saying, come on, go, just go. Just go, just do it. It's not about not being scared, it's about going anyway. That's the childlike faith that would say, okay, Dad, you say I'm going, let's do this. For many of us, we're on a trapeze and we're swinging. And it's time for us to let go of the familiar. What's your familiar? What's your comfort zone? What's the things that you just, you've now come to depend on? You were on a faith adventure, but now this is your, you're just going to hang here. This is fine. You know what happens? The problem is you hang on to a trapeze and you just don't let go of it. In the end, you lose all momentum until you're just dangling there. And even if you wanted to get going, that's tough then to get the momentum going again. You can, but you need to be strong. And in the end, our grip's going to give up. We fall off and we end up in the net. And then maybe years later, we climb and go again. Or maybe the next day, that moment, we're like, no, come on, up we go again. Stage one, up to the trapeze. Stage two, let's go for this. Stage three, I'm going to do it this time. I can't let go, I can't let go. Oh, here we go. Momentum is going. Down I go. 
We don't want to be stuck in the cycle here when Jesus is saying, just let go. I've got a next, the next part of the faith adventure is here for you. I will catch you. I will not let you fall. Are we going to have the childlike faith that says, Dad, I can see you swinging with your hands towards me. There's no chance you are going to let me fall. I trust you. I'm letting go of the familiar. Second thing, come fly with me is one invitation. The next one is surfs up. Also known as, do you fancy walking on water? Do you fancy walking on water? Jesus is saying to us today, know me like a child. Audacious, crazy, all in, risk-changing, risk-taking, world-changing faith. You say it, Dad, and I'm coming. That's what this story is all about. When we were younger, playing on, South, on Westcliff Seafront, with its, they're called the cliffs, but not, there's not a cliff in sight really, but the very steep hills of Westcliff. We used to run there with my dad and he used to like, chase us and he trained us that we should just keep running. Just keep running, you'll be fine. So we'd run and sometimes dad would be down there. We'd be running down the hill quite fast. There'll be a hedge and we look at him, he's like, just do it. We're like, whoa, you just jump over the hedge and you just fall and the ground isn't here. The ground's like eight feet down there. You hit the floor, roll, get up, keep running. It was crazy. Just because dad gave, dad gave us the confidence. Will I parent like it? Probably not. I'm like, just stop. Let's go somewhere flat. Let's go to soft play. Oh, I'm so glad there was no soft play when I was a boy. Because the same as, you know, dad taking us to the Lake District every year. I know you're only wearing wellies, boys, and I know it's icy on striding edge, but we'll be fine. You know, he gave us that, he gave us that confidence and my sisters would be crying and we'd be like, it's okay, we're all going to do it as a family. And we'd get across and uh, we had the adventures. And now I look back, I think, oh, my giddy aunt. I repeat from the platform, do not try that ever. When you go away with the men, if you're coming on in May, we won't be doing that in wellies in the ice. But, and it's not the best thing. But you know what? You know what it instilled in me? It probably instilled in me my nickname, Adrenaline. It instilled a don't look down, no fear mentality in me. And I wonder if crazy things that my dad did like that have enabled me to do some of the faith journeys that I've done in my life. What's been instilled in you? What's, what faith journeys are ahead for you? So in this walk on water story, just about three or four minutes left to go. In this story, in the book of Matthew again, it goes like this. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. So there's the scene set. The disciples are in a boat. Jesus is up a hill. But the disciples, who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. Many of these guys were fishermen, so for them to be worried, it really must have been a bad storm. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and they screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, <clears throat> then have me join you on the water. In other translations, tell me to come to you. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. What an amazing thing. 
But then he realised how high the waves were. What an understandable thing. And he became frightened, as would I have. Well, I wouldn't have been out of the boat, to be honest. I'd have been in the boat watching Peter saying, go on, my son. He became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. I was thinking, he did all right. Why did you let doubt win? That very moment, they both stepped into the boat. The raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples crouched round before him and worshipped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. So here's a slightly risky question that you may not have seen before in church. But how's your life at the moment? Is it pretty cack? It's <laughs> a good, good question, isn't it? Is it cack? Because we are not called to have a cack life. We are called to have a wow life. And just so you know, cack means cosy and comfortable. And wow means walk on water. Okay? So if you remember nothing else, if you remember nothing else, you are called to a walk on water type of life, not a cosy and comfortable type of life. Okay? And, you know, if you're really upset and you want to speak to me at the end, I'll just be in my car driving off about half 12. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so you are, called, you are called to have a wow life. A childlike faith that has a no fear and a don't look down response when God calls you out. Always, always do I give this proviso that in that story, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. You always got to double check that he's the one who's calling you. Don't just do crazy because crazy looks good. Do crazy if God calls you on crazy. But let's do it with a no fear and no look down response. So are you fearful, cozy, bored, cynical? Jesus today says to you, come fly with me or surf's up. Come and walk on water. Know me like a child. And so my prayer for Kit, Noah and Arlo is that they will have an innocent, trusting and pure relationship with Jesus. But their childlike, childlike relationship will also be radical. It will be letting go and letting God. It will be a faith-filled adventure. And that adventure is open to each of us. Do you want to swap your cack life for a wow life? Jesus is calling to you today. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you for um, your word. The Bible's cool. It's full of so many good stories. And I thank you that it's not an old, dead and dusty book, but it's alive and it makes a difference today. And so for the three boys and for each of us, I pray that we will go on a journey from cosy and comfortable to walk on water, from cack to wow, that we will have an audacious faith that doesn't look at the, the problems, but looks at you, Jesus is brave enough to let go and doesn't beat, doesn't beat yourself up actually, Lord. We don't want to beat ourselves up if we've fallen off the trapeze so many times. Lord, would you give us the courage to climb again, to go again, to step out again, to let go again and be caught by you. I thank you that the life that you have planned for us is so much better than the life that we have planned for us. It's so much better than any of our our dreams and hopes could be because you designed us you made us you know what makes us tick you know what is in store for us and so this morning Lord we just realign ourselves with you if we've known you for years 
We realign our hearts with you now and we say, Lord, help me to have a childlike faith again. Deal with my cynicism. Deal with my... The fact that I just think, oh, we tried that before in 1982 and it didn't work, so it'll never work again. Just help us to not live in that place, but to go on an amazing journey with you. And for those of us who don't yet know you, who are feeling some kind of funny feeling inside today and wondering what it is, Holy Spirit, would you, would you knock on the door of their hearts and would they have the courage to say, okay, I don't know what this is, but I'm willing to explore. And if that's you today, if you do feel like, I don't know what this is, but I'm interested, something's going on, then talk to the people you came with because they love you. That's why they invited you. They'd love to talk with you. If you want to talk with me, that's great. You can do that too. Otherwise, have a fantastic rest of your day.